Welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast, where we believe that you deserve to live the life of your dreams, and we are here to help you make that happen. The time is right now for us to break free of conditioned habits that are holding us back from living a life that is abundant and fulfilling. I'm bringing you all of my insight on meditation, mindfulness, and spiritual growth to help you expand your mind and live the dreams that you've always wanted. You'll also be hearing from top leaders in the beauty industry as well as in the health and wellness fields. These experts are going to be bringing you wisdom to integrate into the Limitless movement. I'm your host, Kelly Mason, and if you are as excited as I am, Plug in your headphones, tune out the outside world, and take this time to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to episode number 37 of the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. And this episode is super special because I have on one of my personal hair heroes in the beauty industry, and that's Ruth Roche. We got together in New York City, and I assisted her on a really cool photo shoot that she did for a magazine with one of the top photographers that I've ever met, Mike Ruiz. And it was so cool to spend a few days behind the scenes with her, getting to see inside of her mind and play this energy game of assisting and directing and coming together for a common end result. It was so awesome. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. And the photos are now uh, out and they got published in a magazine called Lucy Magazine. So you can head over to Ruth's Instagram after this and check them out because they are so sick. And yeah, so after we did that for a couple of days, spending a whole day in her apartment prepping and then a whole day on set, um, we sat down and had a little downtime and had a chat about life and goals and how to create the life that you really want and what that looks like after you've been at it for such a long time. She's been, you know, a pioneer for a lot of really creative and ambitious women in our industry. She's an icon. So hearing her chat about her life's path and how she's persevered through some things, what that looked like to play multiple different roles, how to be really tough yet soft and gentle uh, being a female in this kind of male-dominated industry of being like creative directors and, you know, top of the game. So super cool to hear her insight. So I would love for you to plug in your earbuds, tune out the outside world, tap in to the amazing energy of one of my favorite people and hairdressers, Ruth Roche. So we will see you in the conversation. Check it out. This episode is sponsored by the Limitless Collective, brought to you by yours truly here at Limitless Hairdresser. The Limitless Collective is a new kind of community for beauty professionals. It's an inspiring membership community, your personal metaphysical toolbox, and a space of loving, uplifting energy. We created the Limitless Collective for beauty professionals to offer guidance on awakening you to be an empowered light worker. 
We know you have major talent with scissors and a paintbrush and you create a welcoming environment every time someone sits in your chair. And if you want to go beyond your service and create a business of abundance while experiencing a lifestyle that's limitless, the Limitless Collective is for you. Isn't it time that we started focusing more inward on ourselves as service providers and people who deliver inner beauty just as much as outer beauty? How we show up in our hearts and minds is how our lives will manifest in the physical world, aka your life and your career. It's time to take our power back and live the life we were meant to. Hope you'll join us over in the Limitless Collective at LimitlessHairdresser.com. Hello, Ruth. Hi. And welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is so cool. And uh, we are actually in Ruth's apartment in New York City right now, chilling with little Annie next to us. She's precious. She has to be a part of everything. She does. Yeah. She even made her debut on the podcast. There will be a picture yes. surfacing soon. She had something to say, I heard. (laughs) She did. She has all the answers. (laughs) So me and Ruth have been hanging out for the past few days, and I came here to help her with this really amazing shoot that we did. Um, Do you want to tell them a little bit about, like, what we were up to? Yeah. And we're both, and today we're kind of, like, feeling the the (laughs) post-shoot hangover. Yeah. Not, Not hangover from alcohol, but, you know, just like this whoa what just happened right the artistic expression come down yeah (laughs) it was a it was something that I've been working on for a couple weeks and Kelly flew in to to help me um the day before and yesterday the day of the shoot which I thank you for because that was like a big undertaking (laughs) yeah and it was a lot of work and it was quite an adventure and we rented a big SUV and we drove out to the Joyzy and we had a model (laughs) we had two two other people on our team we had the makeup artist who said girl all the time it was (laughs) yeah it was a literal road trip yeah and then we went out and we did five looks we were going to try to do six and it was all very um big shapes meant to happen quickly because we couldn't create the looks with her own hair over and over Mm -hmm. there's just normally who do one of those looks in one day and Mm -hmm. we did five in one day and it's just um it's just almost impossible to do that much but of course you know I said we did it yeah sure we can (laughs) okay I like to, to live my my life with my head in the sand not really looking at reality I'd rather just you know start run you know jump off the cliff and just make it happen Mm -hmm. as opposed to that's never going to happen we can't do that oh my god I don't know how to you know it's Mm -hmm. like let's just do it let's just do it and I think that's one of the things I like about what you're doing and what I've always believed is that if you really want something you can make it happen Mm -hmm. you know if you can dream it then it's a possibility and if it's a possibility then it can definitely happen so that's kind of what yesterday was. It's like, yeah. How the hell? We jumped off a cliff. Yeah. And how <laughs> this isn't how, how's it going to happen? <laughs> and it happened. It totally did. And it was absolutely amazing. <clears throat> so amazing. It was really cool to see it all come together. And there's something so satisfying about seeing someone's vision and the things that are in your mind just totally display themselves right in front of you Mm -hmm. and just see it come to life it's so cool 
Well, thanks for your help. It was like watching Ruth's brain. That's scary. IRL. <laughs> that is scary. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's... You it's know, like a motion picture. It, and it and it's it's like having people watching your in, inner workings. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of... It, it makes... It's a very vulnerable place to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm so tired today. Mm-hmm. Because you have people, they have expectations of what you're doing, you know, um, when you or or anyone else comes to help you know it's about i need the help for sure but i want to make sure those that are offering to help me have a good experience and 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 i'm trying to make the hair work and i'm trying to make sure that it looks perfect because i'm a perfectionist which is never going to look 100 percent perfect in those situations and it unless you only do one look a day you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so it's just um Wanting everyone to be happy that's a part of the shoot, the the stylist, the makeup artist, the model, you know, the photographer. Everyone needs to feel good about it because it wasn't like we were working for a client. It was for all of our own, um, so we could build our own book. So, mm-hmm. But it's the way things work today, it, it most likely will get published in a magazine. So, you know, always having all that. It's a lot of pressure is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. And to perform creatively under that kind of pressure and not not be a jerk to people mm-hmm. <laughs> can be hard sometimes you know yeah. to hold it together well so. everybody has to play their own role yeah right yeah like not everybody shows up to set being the hair being the lead hairdresser right not everybody shows up to set being the photographer everybody's playing a part to make the bigger picture happen yeah and you know that's you know, I enjoy being the assistant because mm-hmm. it takes a little, pr- I don't know if there's more pressure or less pressure. I think there's more pressure sometimes, <laughs> you know? Well, it's, um, you know, I'm writing this, uh, little ebook manual that's going to be coming out pretty soon called finding and owning your superpower. And, you know, talking about this exact thing, I was like, holy crap, I'm like in it right now. I had this realization. I was like, I am in it right this second <laughs> huh isn't imagine that but you know whenever we show up to these these roles or these jobs or these these points in our life it's like how are you going to show up fully in that role and do like the best that you possibly can do you know i'm not showing up here to be the boss or to be the hairdresser i'm showing up to be the support and i want to be the best possible support i can mm-hmm for this person because that's what I need to be right now. And it's really cool once you realize that and that that's enough and that that's, that's going to make all the difference if you can really be that. And, you know, in your role where you're being the creative and like you're the visionary, mm-hmm. you're the, the one directing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see you just like be in that. And so many times like catching you like in when, when you would get into a moment, you know, it's this ebb and flow. It was like a, it's like a dance. Mm-hmm. When I see you, because my role is to make sure that you are feeling good. Right, right. So I see Ruth kind of going, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like this. And I'm like, yeah. okay, how are we going to be the best support that we can right now? Yeah. Where are we going to move so that there, you know, this can shift or this can shift. So it's like this whole shifting of energy constantly between everyone just to make sure that everything kind of stays harmonized i know it is it's it's a it takes on a life of its own Mm -hmm. for sure you know especially when it's it's a creative project yeah you know what i mean so 
we yeah. we survived we we're did alive survive. we got some cool shit <laughs> <laughs> totally and um yeah some things that i didn't expect which i think is a big lesson when do you think that'll all be surfacing i don't know so um, we can show everyone yeah i don't know i don't know Sometime. i just l- left it with mike is you know um mike ruiz is the photographer that we worked with who is amazing um and he just i just said let's talk soon because cool. it was so late and everything and everybody was just like bye bye girl <laughs> but girl we're gone <laughs> uh, we peeled out in our big red suv and drove back to manhattan totally <laughs> yeah oh that was fun so cool um so that was was that one of your first dreams was to be like tell me about how this all started for you as a hairdresser like what what were some of your first dreams that you started to have as a hairdresser? Well, I my first dream was to be a hairdresser. You know, mm-hmm. I was going to be a mechanical engineer. I was in school to do it. <clears throat> and I just had that, you know, it's almost like the excitement of like a high, mm-hmm. that little flitter you get in your chest of like when you're falling in love or something like that. It's that feeling that I would have about hair and doing hair. Like it just, I got it right now, just thinking about it, you know, Uh just like it's, it's magical Mm -hmm. and it made me feel so good. And I'm going to cry. Why am I crying? (laughs) Because I'm exhausted. Um, No, but it's just, I listened to that. I Mm -hmm. listened to that at a very young age. I was 19 and I just talked my parents out of letting me quit school and go to beauty school. And without getting into the whole story, um, I had a dr- I had a dream of going to Vidal Sassoon. I was in Santa Barbara, and so that was in L.A., and it was a year-and-a-half waiting list, so I didn't want to wait. I was like, I am not going to wait. I know this is what I want to do. So I, I um, dropped out of college to go to school, and I went to school there, and I dreamt of being doing photo shoots, stuff like that. I started – I know what it was. In school, I would look at, like, this – trade magazines Mm -hmm. and pretend that that was my salon in the pictures Mm -hmm. and pretend that you know I did the hair in that photograph and just kind of dream you know sitting in the back out in the parking lot smoking cigarettes (laughs) waiting for my perm to process you know (laughs) and look at these magazines and um I had someone in my one of my teachers in school came up to me and she pulled me aside and she goes I just want to say you're going to go really far in your career. And I remember that spark got lit, mm. you know, and I was like, somebody, somebody thinks I can do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just dreamed of being, you know, a teacher, being just doing cool shit, fashion shows. Like I just had mm-hmm. all this, all, everything. I wanted it all, but mm-hmm. I didn't. It was a dream. I didn't like write down goals and say by uh, by the time I'm 22, I want to do this or whatever. Um, and it was the 80s, which was the best time to be going to hair school, you know, and doing <laughs> hair because it was just like hair was cool. Yeah. You know, it just went crazy around then. Mm-hmm. And the music and everything was just it was we were out of control. It was wild. And um about three years into doing hair, I went to the best salon, you know, in, in Santa Barbara. Three years into it, ended up getting um, um, a thing out of a magazine to join Trevor Sorby's artistic team. It was like a tryout thing. And I was 23 
at the time, and I went and um, tried out, auditioned, and, you know, I don't know how, how much of the story to get into, because I don't know how much time we have to give to it, but um, <laughs> basically, I tried out for Trevor Sorby's team, who's like an icon in our industry, yeah. and I'd never in a million years imagined that I could try out and actually get on the team, but then at the on the other hand, there was this little magic, little flicker inside of me going, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. This is happening. And I think that that is what I would say to, to people that are listening is if you have that little something, whatever it is for, whatever, you know, blows your skirt up over the grade, like <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Um, you got to, you got, you have to hold on to that mm -hmm. and don't let people squish it, you know, because if I had said out loud, Oh, I'm going to be on this artistic team. I'm going to London. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It might not have happened, but I, but mm -hmm. because someone might have squashed it. So I, it's always been a little dream in my heart when I have these big dreams. I had, I knew I was going to work with celebrities. You know, I just wanted to. I was excited to, but it was sort of my, you know, it, it manifested because it was in me always. It was mm -hmm. always there as something that maybe I could have. And, <clears throat> And it didn't happen the way I thought it would. It didn't, it took, it came years later, like the celebrity thing when it started happening and went, oh my God, I imagined this a long time ago, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some people could say that's a fantasy, but it's like, what's the difference in a fantasy and a dream and a goal, mm -hmm. you know? Who, who gets to tell me what my, my goal is or my dream? So I dreamed of doing celebrities. I dreamed of doing celebrities and living in New York City. You know, I dreamed of owning my own salon in New York City. You know, I had an agent. I did television commercials. I did a uh, head and shoulders commercial where... <laughs> Why are you laughing? I know, it's, it's funny. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> do you know in the Pantene commercials how when they shake their hair and yeah. it's in slow motion? I'm just imagining what that would be like to like be on set of a... Oh, God, it was one of those high points <laughs> but they tired me because they wanted that you know gorgeous shiny pantene thick yummy hair that when they shake their head in slow motion you just see that gorgeous shine uh -huh. you know and so I got to do that I got to work with celebrities I was on I went to the you know um David Letterman show the Jimmy Fallon show when that started I went all over the place I went all over the world um, I went to Europe for three weeks with Joan Cusack, and I just got to do wow. all this amazing stuff. I worked with Mariah Carey. You know, she, I would go blow dry her hair, you know, in the middle of my day. They'd, my agent would call and say, can you go do Mariah at, like, 5? I'd be like, okay. And I'd get there at 5 and leave four hours later, but that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <gasps> Did I say that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I got to work with some amazing people and um, really – <clears throat> grateful for you know another really amazing moment there's a couple but one was a Victoria's Secret catalog it was the only one I ever did because they didn't hire me after that because I was too slow <laughs> but um it was it, it was the big models you know mm -hmm. and um they were all there and I had one of those surreal moments where I pinched myself going is this really happening I'm in a Victoria's Secret shoot I've got this fan and I'm holding it and this Amazon is going, more wind, more wind. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, this is it, man. This is it. 
Mm. And then another, I worked with Gina Davis, um, uh-huh. who was, you know, in Thelma and Louise. And at the time she was on that show where she was the president. I can't remember what, what show. I that don't was. know. I just remember her from Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, she, she, and you know, the movie Th- Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Yeah. So she and Susan Sarandon were doing this special for Oprah. And so I was with, um, Gina and we met up with, with Susan Sarandon and the interviewer. And so I was like hanging out with the two of them. They were interviewing the 20 year anniversary of Thelma and Louise. And they were talking about women and the power of women. They both married younger men. They were both <laughs> these kick-ass successful women. And I'm sitting there uh, ha- listening to this private interview like two feet away, you know, going, this is so fucking cool. Like, how do I get to be here? How did I get to do this? Because I am Thelma. I mean, I'm Louise. My friend Rhonda is Thelma with Thelma and Louise. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's cute. So it was like, <clears throat> this is cool. So those are things that happened that it was magic. Yeah. But it's not magic. It's, yeah. You know, you, you, you pay attention. You show up. You look. Keep your eyes open. Because these things, if they're brewing in your head the whole time and in your heart, you're going to draw in those things from the universe like and I know that sounds kind of out there or whatever but if if you're if it's inside of you that celebrities I'm gonna work with celebrities I'm gonna you know like I thought I was gonna marry a celebrity but that never happened but hey, yeah yeah you never know <laughs> you never know and and it's like well why would I want to marry a celebrity like that's a weird one but it's it was in there um, <laughs> <laughs> just hasn't come into yeah, alignment just yet kinda, just like why do I want to marry a celebrity you know, why do I even, I don't even think I want to marry anybody, but whatever. That's long. I, I am Annie. I'm fine. Um, I lost my train of thought. I love all those stories. It's so cool. And then having a salon, you know, like I, yeah. I worked for Redken at the time. I was going a hundred miles an hour. I was their global artistic director. And I was like traveling all 70% of the time I was on the road. And I'd be home for like one day, fall apart, you know, repack, do laundry, and then leave again. And it went on like that for like a couple of years. And I just stopped one day and said, I can't do this anymore. Was it too much? It was way too much. And I think, you know, everyone talks about work-life balance now. And that's not something I'm an expert on, that's for sure. Because I don't think anyone is. Yeah, it's, I don't, when you are so passionate about what you do, I think it's really hard to put boundaries on it mm-hmm. you know like it's it's hard to say well at five o'clock I'm going to stop being passionate yeah and I'm going to go do this or I'm going to be with my family or it's it's like I don't have kids and all that you know and I it, there's probably a reason why that didn't happen for me because I have always focused on what I'm doing you know and so I wasn't well, you um, didn't manifest it I didn't manifest it exactly so mm-hmm. I kind of get busy in that area <laughs> before I get to the rest home. <laughs> Although <laughs> there's a lot of action going on in rest homes too, I've heard. Yeah. I'm not going to a rest home. No. I'm not doing that. I have my niece. I've, I've bribed her in forcing her to take care of me. So she'll be fine. So had a salon. Did you like agent. being a salon owner? Um, I liked it. for. I had it for eight years. And the first couple of years was really exciting. I started it with with no clients in Tribeca. 
which is one of the most expensive neighborhoods in New York. And um, Bradley, who you met the other day, mm-hmm. moved uh, two months after I started, he moved here to work with me. So he had no clients. And there was one person who I did start with who um, it ended up not working out, who had brought some clients with him. Um, but that that just was a situation that didn't work out very well and all that. So we b- really built from the ground up. So it was fun, you know, building it. At the same time, I was... I had I had gotten an agent, so I was working with all that and building up my portfolio. And I started to, I think the first call after I got my agent, the first call that that happened was that somebody called the salon, Vanity Fair magazine called the salon, spoke to my manager, and said, Annie Leibowitz wants Ruth to do the hair of Laura Linney for Vanity Fair. I was like, you are, who are you? You're, this is funny. You're really funny. (laughs) She goes, no, they're on the phone right now. And I said, well, can you tell them to call my agent? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because that's what they're for. Yeah. So that was like, call my people. Yeah. Call my people. So they called, I was with uh, artists by Timothy Priano and that was my agency. And so they called the agent said we like I, I hadn't even gotten a booking through them yet you know and so they were like taking a chance on me kind of thing mm-hmm. so when they got the call that Annie Leibowitz wanted to book me they were like oh this girl's yeah this is a good idea you know it was just a fluke because I had done Laura Linney's hair for a premiere for one of her movies mm-hmm. through my friend Billy B who's a makeup artist who um, really got me involved in this work with celebrities in the first place and that was one of those things of showing up and being mm-hmm. ready for it when it happened, being willing to say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, he ended up on a, we both ended up, I, I through Redkin, him through his agency, ended up at this shoot for a, a hair magazine that doesn't exist anymore on the cover of a magazine. Am I going all over the place too much? No, I love okay. it. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so, it's so interesting to hear this side of things, mm-hmm. you know? He, he was doing the hair. I mean, he was doing the makeup. I was doing the hair. So we had to go do a test for the show. It was Fashion Week. So Redkin sent me. Revlon Professional sent him. And it was for a test for Fashion Week. And so we did the hair. We did the makeup. You know, he was he 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 was very, like, to the point and professional. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, like, into, like, yucking it up or having a conversation. And I said, hey would you ever test, you know, cause testing is a great way to build your portfolio when you find people that you like. And like you said, you just got to, yeah. And this is something ask. that I just discovered and learned about is test testing. Yeah. So if you're ever wondering like, how do people get all these pictures and how do people get all of this like body of work to have as a portfolio? You do a test. test. And what that means is everybody does it, which is like we did, what we did yesterday was a test. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's getting paid. Everyone's doing it to get por- shots for their portfolio. So the thing is, everybody needs to win. Everybody needs to like the images. Um, that sometimes you can just shoot a couple of shots for the model that she needs for her book or, or the makeup artist, some really tight shots with no hair in them, just for the makeup artist. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyway, so that I asked Billy if he'd ever test, and he goes, Here's my card. You can call my agent. And he was with Streeters, which is a huge, you know, th- it's it was a big agency and I didn't even know what he was talking about calling my agent, you know, <laughs> cause I didn't know that world at all. Mm-hmm. So I didn't call his agent. And then 
I show up at a shoot for this hair magazine that's one um, I'm getting the two stories mixed up a little bit but I go I go to this the next time I saw him I walked in to do this cover for this hair magazine and he was the makeup artist. So I walked in and he goes, Hey whore, how you doing? Like a totally different person <laughs> that I'd met the day, the other day. And, and so we had this great day, like so much so that the photographer was like, you know, can we get started? You guys, we just hit, hit it off. And mm-hmm. I asked him again, would you ever do testing? He's like, well, the only way I would do it is if we work with this friend of mine, who's an amazing photographer and you know, you know, it has to be that because he was very protective of mm-hmm. his time, which I totally get. He was working with Missy Elliott and, you know, like doing all these amazing things. Like he doesn't need to test. Right. Like he didn't need it. I did. Mm-hmm. So he said the only way I'd do it, and he just kept saying, is with my friend, you know, who's a photographer. I know I'll get something I can use. Mm-hmm. And just backstory a little bit. Remember I said I was I went to college in Santa Barbara and I went to uh-huh. beauty school there. There's a photography school there called Brooks, and a lot of photographers went to school there. And I, one of my circle of friends who took my first headshot when I tried out for Trevor Sorby and took pictures of some of my clients in the Chinese restaurant, so I had a portfolio, quotation <laughs> air quotes right now, um, he and I were friends. Well, he moved to Paris, I heard, and then I heard he was in New York, and then I heard he was, I didn't know where he was. I heard he was in Paris again. Nine years later, on that day, when I'm with Billy B at the shoot for the magazine, the hair magazine, he's talking about his friend, his friend, his friend, his friend, and all of a sudden he, he goes, um, I can't remember, no shit, now I can't remember exactly how it came out. But anyway, he goes, the only way, you know, I would shoot with is with my friend Rod, and I go. I go. Oh, I have a friend named Rod, who's a photographer, and he goes, "Who? Rod Spicer?" And I went, "Yeah, Rod Spicer." And he goes, "Shut the fuck up!" And he gets, he calls Rod on the phone, who lives in New York, and so do I, and I don't even know Rod's in New York. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he calls Rod. Rod answers the phone, and and he goes, "I have two words for you, Ruth Roach," and he hangs up on him. So Rod calls back. And we get on this thing. And so then there was this magic of the three of us doing all this stuff together for a couple of years. You know, unfortunately, Rod passed away like two years ago, maybe. And I got to see him. I went to Paris because he was he had moved to Paris and I got to go and shoot with him. And um, he just died like suddenly at 50, oh, you know, like in his sleep. And um he was so talented. He was so amazing. But I just cry because we had these moments in our early 20s in mm-hmm. Santa Barbara. And then we had this whole magical time in our 30s in New York. And then <clears throat> a lot of the, the most beautiful pictures in my portfolio were pictures that he shot, you know, that are just gorgeous. And that Billy did the makeup for. So if it wasn't for Billy and Rod... I don't know that I would have ever been able to get a book to get an agent. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this is my story. Wow. And I think that everybody's story is different and it doesn't have to be, you know, a straight line. It never yeah. is a straight line. It's, but it's being, having the dream, keeping the little flame going the whole time, letting the magic happen. You know, I also put myself in New York 
which is a big part of it. Yeah. Because you've got to be available. You know, if you want to work with celebrities, you got to go where they are. Yeah. Because you need to be, they call, you need to go. Yeah. You know, you get a booking to do a, an advertising campaign. It, sometimes it doesn't even happen until two days before. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it just, you have to be around. <coughs> so, so that was a dream, right? And, um, oh, and, and also because of Billy, RuPaul had a show on VH1 called The RuPaul Show. This is back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so through him, I ended up going to do his co-host here, Michelle Visage, who is now um, one of Ru's like team members on RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So I got to go one week out of the month for like six months and shoot five days in a row, two episodes a day wow. of the RuPaul show. So we'd be hanging out in the green room, and Ru's got one dressing room, Michelle has the other, and we're all, there's this common room that everybody hangs out in, and it's like the f- funnest time of my life. That's you know? so cool. It was so great. <laughs> you know, we were just like... I don't know. I got to do Rue's wigs one time because his person couldn't show up. But, you know, then I was I was at a Starbucks one time here in New York. And it was years later. And you know how sometimes you work with people, you think, oh, they won't remember me, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Rue was walking in front of the window. We were sitting right at the glass. I was on a date, like a, you know, internet <laughs> whatever date. <laughs> somebody I couldn't stand I was just sitting there drinking my coffee waiting for it to end (laughs) staring out the window and he goes hey and he comes in and he's like standing here and this guy's like you know straight you know homophobe you know whatever (laughs) and Ruth's like hey Ruth and he gives me a big hug and a kiss and I'm like this is whatever his name is you know this is RuPaul blah 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 and he's like I'm like you don't get it you're just stupid. Whatever. <laughs> so I just sat there and talked to Rue for a minute, and then he left. And, you know, it's just <clears> – <throat> he called me Little Birdie for some reason. Oh. I don't know why. So I have a lot of good memories. And I think, you know, one of the things we were talking about was having um, dreams. Like, yeah. Like I felt like – because I've been in this industry for 34 years. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so what – yeah, you were How saying like all of these dreams started to happen. You just started checking things off the yeah. list because a, lo- a lot of the things that we talk about are like manifesting your dream life and yeah. you've done that over and over and over again where yeah. you're like, okay, did this, did that, did this one. Yeah. Well, what next? I know. And then, what do I do now? And you have to, and this is just my little insecurity or my story is that you don't want to be greedy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be like, well, I got to, you know, I got all these cool things that that happened for me. You can't want more. Like, what's wrong with you? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not that I want more. I want to stay passionate. Mm -hmm. And to stay passionate, I need that flame. Mm -hmm. You know? And the flame has to keep going. And it needs new air. You know? It needs a new place to get its oxygen from. And so I have a couple of things that I'm working on right now that I can't really speak about yet um that I'm that I have that excitement for you know that I'm believing but not sure if it can really happen but just mm-hmm. dreaming that it can and um <clears throat> that's what keeps me going you know what what is your little flame like what is that is it artistry is it education is it people is it the industry like what is it that keeps you in in all of this without being like you know 
I've done it all and maybe I'm going to retire and go live like a different life and retire, you know, the, like how people in the corporate world, they like, they retire and then they ever. move to Florida and just yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Retirement sounds bad to me. I mean, it would be nice to be financially independent, mm-hmm. not have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'd be bored, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd, I'd always be doing something and I, I, you know, there comes a time when you do need to step aside, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that's my time yet. I think I've got, you know, more in me to still do in this business. I'm not that old. Um, although I feel really old today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks. So, um, anyway, the little flame, where's it from? Yeah. It's, I think it's spiritual for me. You know, I think it's, it's, um, it's what drives me. It's in, it's not something I've thought of really. It's the flame isn't Mm -hmm. the thoughts and the dreams keep the flame going. You know what I mean? Or the flame keeps the thoughts going. We'll never know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, It's about helping other people Mm -hmm. and bringing joy through that. So we were, you know, we were talking about your, your niche, you know, Mm -hmm. being the hair industry, you know, that's, that's your audience. Those are the people you're going to help because that's who's in your face and in your realm of, of influence now. Mm -hmm. And so for me, helping people live, like live their dreams, helping people laugh more, helping people, you know, just helping people and hair is my vehicle, Mm -hmm. you know? So I guess mine, mine is about helping other hairdressers selfishly for me. It's, creating beautiful images that's what keeps my personal one going but keeping me going as a human in this industry is watching other people like you you know rise up do these amazing things things that I can't do I don't know how to do and I don't necessarily want to do I just want the benefit of what you're doing (laughs) and I get it I want all the people to do all the things you get at yeah (laughs) you know because if everybody's doing what they love Mm -hmm. then um, everybody's happy and everyone's uplifted by it, you know, and, and you're helping other people. That's a huge thing for me is stay humble, focus on your, on your craft and help others to achieve their dreams. Mm-hmm. That's something I learned from Trevor Sorty, And I say it all the time because it's all the people that I've helped, you know, bring them up and raise them they grow away they grow they fly away they grow away they grow away <laughs> and they never come back you know, they grow away and like they have their own careers and they mm-hmm. do their own thing and they blossom and you so you've got to like wave goodbye and hug goodbye I mean I guess in that way I have been a mother I freaking love know? it too because I've are you know I've only been here for I don't even know how long 48 hours mm-hmm. and I've already gotten to meet two people who have worked for you Mm-hmm. at your salon mm-hmm. and we're literally in her apartment you guys and it's a disaster because we're <laughs> getting ready for the, it's, the show it's actually the sh- really the awesome there's so much light in here um and bradley mm-hmm. came by mm-hmm. just stopped in yeah <laughs> fabulous i know bradley is fabulous i'm like why don't i have your highlights i know and just such a rock i mean star. and he just got off a plane from somewhere doing something fab- fabulous mm-hmm. and he's just like hey bro annie come here give me a hug you know just i mean 
and he's living his, he doesn't work for you anymore. He's living his own life, doing his own fabulous things and still like showing back up. Mm -hmm. Like it, and Ro was with us yesterday and, um, she used to work for you and, you know, she, she's not even like doing hair at the salon anymore and still showing up to, to help. Yeah. God, she, I'm so glad she came. Me too. What the freaking heck would we have done? I don't know. I, <laughs> I was like, think about it. <laughs> I kept wanting to call her mom because I'd be like dropping pins everywhere. I'm trying to like have a pin everywhere for Ruth and she's like tidying and yeah. it was so good. She's amazing. Um, but it was just so awesome to see that because that's something I would always hope for as a leader is that people who work for you you don't have this feeling of wanting them to stay below you Mm -hmm. because there's I've been around that before yeah where people don't want you to get beyond where you are and as a leader I feel like that's the the most cool gift is to see people grow their wings and do their own thing yeah it's really cool. To it see. is very cool. And it's also can be painful because you yeah. develop th- this love for these people and then they have to go and do their own thing. That's the nature of growth. Yeah. So you have to let them go, you know, mm-hmm. and but they they come back in. Yeah. In a different, you know, uh, in a different way, with a different set of wings. But mm-hmm. they come back and they're they still have the same face on their little butterfly body. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I've had just recently another um, employee of mine reached out, an old team member, and he's at an impasse in his career, and he needs some advice and, you know, all that stuff. And um, another girl that that quit, that hated me when she quit, you know, a couple years later said, because then she went and opened her own salon. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, yeah, I totally get, you know, why you were the way you were with us. And, you know, because I wasn't easy on people either. They, that's why Rocio is the way that she is. You know, she also was born that way a little bit, a lot. But, you know, I expected a lot of people. I had really high standards. Mm -hmm. I had a long interview process. So a lot of people never even made it past the second interview. Mm -hmm. You know, but we would have team interviews. There was shadowing. And if the team, the last interview was with the team. And if the team didn't want that person there, I didn't hire them. Even if I wanted them there. Mm. Because that would destroy the 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 uh, culture of the yeah. salon and once in a while we'd hire someone and they would just end up leaving if they didn't fit it was a, it was amazing and Matthew Fairfax who um Heredistry just did a, a podcast with that with mm-hmm. him he started Justice and Soul Foundation oh yes yeah in Cambodia yes he was so just telling Corey was just telling me about him he's amazing and so he through a friend of mine came and helped me get when I was starting rare and crying under the desk up in the <laughs> office because <laughs> I was like, happens. what the hell have I done? Mm-hmm. He really helped me set up systems and get me going and um, was a real friend for me. Um, and I still need to go. To, I want to go to Cambodia and work in his salon and teach. Let's go. I want to go too. Okay. I would love to go. We got to go. Mm-hmm. I was texting with Corey about it. We could have a big, you know, a party. Yeah, a big party there. Yes, that would be so, so cool. I'm very interested. Yeah. 
look at we can get a whole squad of people right here if you're interested yeah let's get a sign up let's go let's <laughs> charter a plane let's do it <laughs> let's get there we can charter a plane and then rent a van yeah ruth can drive oh god <laughs> Don't talk to my my old team about driving. Uh, I drove us to a retreat with Matthew in the Catskills, and I rented a van. Before we left the city, I had knocked a mirror off of uh, <laughs> a um, mail truck, dented another car. Then we stopped at McDonald's halfway to the Catskills, ran into a car there. Oh, my God. And they were, like, terrified. <laughs> They're like... <laughs> They're like <laughs> risking our lives getting in a car with this woman. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Overt, Overt. Yeah. <laughs> but I, when I backed into the car at McDonald's, you hear this crunch, and the person in the very back of the van goes, Oops. And that's all. They were. <laughs> They're like, Just go. No Ruth. need. Just go. No need for any more words. <laughs> <laughs> so we took off. But anyway, I don't regret having the salon, you know, but it wasn't, I'm not cut out to manage a business it's like hard that. yeah it's a lot you know and how we were talking about how everybody has like special gifts yeah that's yep. not one of my special gifts no. i tried it too yeah and i made a whole episode about it because i'm like i, I really do believe that our salon industry like it has to exist mm -hmm. like there has to be some of you out there who are passionate about that yeah and I, and I thought that I have the passion always for many different things and helping people and creating that culture and community. But salon ownership is like a whole nother thing. You can't just be passionate. No. You know that, you can't. that book, you The E-Myth? No. Did you ever read it? Mm -mm. The E-Myth is about, sorry, I cut you off. No, go ahead. It's a, a book that I never actually finished reading. Maybe that would have helped me. <laughs> <laughs> but the concept is um, that you're uh, you're uh, an artist. Uh, he calls it a technician, right? Mm -hmm. And you're really good at it. And you think, well, I'm going to open my own salon because mm -hmm. I see this. I would do it this way. I want to have this. I want. I wanted an environment that I wanted to work in, mm -hmm. which is why I did it. Yeah. And, right? Yeah. Same. <laughs> so um, that's the on that's the entrepreneur. Right. So you've got the technician, the entrepreneur, and then there's the manager. Those mm -hmm. are the three roles it takes to be a successful entrepreneurial business person or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was a good. Oh, no, it was a visionary mm -hmm. who's the entrepreneur, the manager and the technician. So the technician has an entrepreneurial seizure and decides to open their own business. <laughs> so they open this business without knowing what they're getting into and right. then they have to be the manager of the business at the same time mm -hmm. and those are three totally different roles so it's a role you can fill it but how much of your energy and your vital life force is it going to take yeah. to be the manager mm -hmm. when it's not who you're naturally meant to be yeah you know some people love it mm -hmm. you know and i i watch them they're like they're you know like animals in a zoo mm -hmm. like studying their behavior like what who is this person? How mm -hmm. can they love this? Mm -hmm. You know, I love leadership. I love training my team. I loved creating the environment. We just want to be the cool ants. Yeah. And that's okay. I think yeah. there's, and if I could give advice to people who are thinking those things and why you want to open your own salon, um, don't just buy yourself a job. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really, really hard, mm -hmm. you know, and
you have a business partner who can be the the bad cop and you're the aunt, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's great. But for me, I know I'm I'm with my people. That's where I belong mm-hmm. is being with other hairdressers, helping them, mm-hmm. you know, grow as artists. So, yeah. Yeah, this the salon industry, like being a salon owner is it's so much more like I don't know if that could be a whole entire episode. <laughs> I think it would be cool to have people on like a, you know, a panel discussion yeah. of people that have had salons yeah. and why they don't. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Because it's I mean, like I said it's something that we have to have. Like there has to be salons like we were talking about um, the younger kids coming out of school, like even though I only was two years in a commission salon and it didn't work out at the very end of it, I learned so much because I learned discipline mm-hmm. and I learned foundational elements mm-hmm. that I learned how to do a proper blow dry. Yeah. I learned how to do a proper consultation. I yep. learned how to, um, be able to communicate well with a with a client and be able to to do the entire checkout process mm-hmm. properly in a way that you you don't really you don't know how to do that just coming out of school and going into your own suite how to build a clientele how to retain a clientele like yeah those are all things that at least for me I learned really well and absorbed in a kind of look and learn environment mm-hmm. and me st- too like when I when I opened my salon yeah I incorporated all the things I learned in my first salon. Who mm-hmm. like I modeled a lot of my systems, even our little mailboxes in the back. You know where we would put people's messages, like mm-hmm. little cubbies. Yeah, those details that, yeah. of organization and and flow. Yeah, that you don't think about, and but mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have to think about some of those things because it's just you in your suite, mm-hmm. you know, or one other person, or maybe you have an assistant or two or something like that. But when you have a whole team of people you know, that you got to keep motivated. That's the other thing. It's like, what if you're tired? What if you need someone to keep you motivated? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to be the cheerleader for all. Put your game face on, put your big girl panties on, you know, and just like show up every day, mm-hmm. you know. It's hard. Totally. You know, I don't regret it though, because I have such a respect for people that do it mm-hmm. and a compassion for people that struggle with it. And just complete admiration and awe for people that are successful at it mm-hmm. and are enjoying being successful at it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that breaks my heart more than seeing someone going, ugh, and they're they're trying to do it still, but they're miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that can't be good. No. You know, so they need your book. They do. Yeah. And <laughs> their superpower and yeah. stick to it. That's kind of the, that's the, the part when, you know, you start to notice these signs from the universe, these synchronicities where things keep kind of speaking to you. And I normally recognize that in when I'm not in alignment and I'm out of flow, I start to feel like that. Mm-hmm. I start to feel like, I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I'm like, well, well, why don't I? Like what what's happening here that doesn't feel good mm-hmm. to me? Sometimes it's something really little that needs to be shifted, like an attitude adjustment. Yeah. Or maybe I'm not getting enough sleep or I'm not eating healthy enough so my body doesn't feel good. So I'm blaming the situation on how I feel. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it's that you're just, it's time to move on to the next thing. And I think that's what's hardest for people 
is change mm-hmm. um, on that dramatic of a scale when you're like, this isn't working. Yeah. Like a salon owner, you're like, this is not freaking working. Yeah. And, and I can't do it anymore because I'm too tired to yeah. do this. Just it's not it's not what I want. Now, how do I get out of it? How do I change? And so a lot of people, sadly, will stay on that path, yeah. whatever it is for them, because it's easier for them mentally to stay in that uncomfortable, like not, not good feeling than changing into something else because of that shift is, is so hard. Well, and also you don't want to feel like a failure, you know, which I struggled with a little bit, you know, but I ended up selling my salon to one of my employees who then, you know, did an awesome job until the New York landlord doubled her rent at the end of her lease, Mm -hmm. which is a terrible issue, you know, issue here in the city with small business owners, you know, just getting priced out Mm because they can't, they can't keep up. Yeah. But, um, I was, I was able to do that, you know, but there are, there are options, you know, besides just closing the door, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it worked out, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it still lived on, which was cool, but you know, it did, I did, it was hard to let go of the dream because I, I had dreamed of having salons all over the country and a product line and, you know, Oh, I've got whole journals full journals full of these that have like when I was dreaming things up and I'm like okay now the details and I'm like and then there would be this and then there would be that and I'll flip through them a few years later I'm like none of that ever happened and some of it did but some of it didn't yeah and you know we we were talking about dreams happening you know some of them don't happen and or some of them don't end up the way you thought they would but I now am back with I'm actually with Redkin now Mm-hmm. I've brought back to the education that I do in my of all those experiences mm-hmm. of having a salon, having a celebrity clientele, doing editorial fashion, advertising, you know, and all that stuff, bringing it back to what I did before I did all that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, nothing to me was ever a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a learning that you add on to what you already know. Yeah just kind of collecting all of these experiences. And I, f- I really truly believe that if you have a strong intention and you start to want to dream things up, if you can stay to it, you'll always get something better, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't feel like it. But if you, you know, you're feeling like you're going through a failure or something didn't work out that you wanted to happen, like having a salon or, you know, like working for someone or doing something and didn't work out, it's just the universe protecting you from maybe something, if you were to stay in it, something would have bad happened. Yeah. And so it's it's offering you a different direction so that you can experience something better. And once you kind of find that flow, things start to unfold. Yeah. You know, and then your, your life starts to show you different little pathways to take. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's path A, here's path B. Which way would you want to go? Mm-hmm. You have lots of choices. <laughs> Which is hard sometimes. It is. Right? But, you know, that's where you have to really get in touch with yourself and why why we've been doing so much with Limitless Hairdresser and just getting hairdressers more connected internally mm-hmm. with your thought processes, with the way you feel. Like we as human beings just have gotten a little bit numb to feelings and we don't want to feel things because we don't want to feel bad. And if we feel really good, we're afraid of like what it might feel like if we come down from feeling really good. So staying in that like place of presence in that more centered, grounded space is kind of scary because you're now have to face what's happening. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So bringing, bringing us back into that state so that we can really see what's going on. Like, wh- what do I want? Yeah. And, you know, then you can have a better, clearer vision of, of, of uh, letting your life unfold in a direction that you really want, you yeah. know? And I think, you know, you mentioned this. I don't know. Is it time for us to... We got a little bit longer. It's good. Um, the thing of things not being what they what you think they're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's an important part to remember too. Is sometimes you will get where you wanted to be, and you're like at the top of the mountain that you thought you wanted to be at the top of, and it's like, oh, I'm at the top of the mountain. Now what do I do? Yeah, you know. And so you got to remember to enjoy the the parts and the pieces, and then stop and celebrate. when those things happen because for me most of my career I was just going going next Mm -hmm. next next okay next you know and it's like you've got to stop and and take a minute and go wow you know yeah yay for me I did that Mm -hmm. and so and then the other thing is like a lot of people for example want to get into doing editorial fashion and do photo shoots and Mm -hmm. you know creative things and all that and it really is a lot. It's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. And it's long. It's not, it doesn't always have to be for some people. They don't. Somebody you know. should document that. Yeah. <laughs> AKA Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that would be fun. A little right? mini documentary. Yeah. Docu-series. Like for a year, just kind of. Yeah. Do all those like fashion week and things like that. That. Yeah. You know, basically you don't get paid. It's a lot of work. Um, it's sacrifice too it is like it costs you money half the time Mm -hmm. so um, like yesterday for example (laughs) you know just that damn suv and gas and you know whatever hair all the hair i bought oh my god yeah it was a test so we were all doing it for free but it wasn't free wasn't free for you to Mm -hmm. be here you know what i mean yeah it cost everybody money to do it yep and um but those pictures those magic images are what makes it all worthwhile when yeah you see it pays them. off yeah but it is it is hard work and assisting people is hard it's not mm-hmm. just hanging out you know Mm-mm. just hanging out watching it's like mm-hmm. no you have to get into the mind of that person mm-hmm. and every person is different so you like you don't know and it's just like be ready yeah if you have a dream be ready to do whatever it takes and not um not be disheartened when it doesn't feel like what you thought it was going to feel like because the magic is still there. It's just, you're learning what you didn't know yet. Mm -hmm. You didn't know what you didn't know. Mm -hmm. And now you, you have to learn it. So it's a process. Yeah. I think working, I think everyone should take the opportunity to, to work with someone else. Mm -hmm. Even if that's someone in your salon Mm -hmm. and being, you know what, can I, I'll help you for this next hour. I don't have anything going on. Just to get into the mind of someone else and see how someone else operates, I learned so much yes. by doing that. Like, oh, why? Why do they pick yeah. that piece of hair right there? Yeah, or, or like, why do they set that like that? Oh, that's yeah. that's interesting. It's like watching an artist, you know? Yeah. Like, I love watching people do finish work in detail, like, mm-hmm. on, like on set or something. And you see them just moving these tiny pieces of hair, and you see them doing these tiny little details that are so small but they make the biggest difference Mm -hmm. it's like you just learn so much by by watching and absorbing those little nuances yeah and it just makes you better it does 
And you'll never not have an opportunity to do that. Like you said, it could be someone in your salon. It could be a video that you're watching. It could be, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even listening to how someone speaks to their client Mm -hmm. or getting them to make a change that would seem impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, how did they, how did they sell that idea without scaring the client? Mm -hmm. How did they upsell? How did they, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think it just is always staying in the mindset of you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. There's always something to learn. And if you're bored and you think you know everything, go try something completely different outside of the box and see how much you feel like you know then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (sighs) All right, you ready? I apologize in advance for whatever (laughs) might come out. What are your favorite bands right now? Um... Stop it, Fisher. Oh yeah, (laughs) the techno stuff on. Yeah, that was fun yesterday. I actually listened to some of it this morning and went, "Oh, this is very irritating." (laughs) (laughs) But it was good for the moment. It was perfect. Yeah, Um, I like '90s hip hop. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm into. That's fun. Yeah, you're so you're so unexpected sometimes. (laughs) Come in here and (laughs) she's just jamming out to some '90s hip hop. It's funny. Um, what are you reading right now? Um, I'm reading morning meditation books, you know, like those, uh, there's a reading for every day. Mm. One is about the one that I read right now is about, um, letting go and forgiving. Mm. So that's my daily reading. What does your ideal day off look like? Sleeping in, um, goofing around on social media in bed with coffee for a couple hours, um, going to the dog park when it's nice out, meeting friends for brunch or something like that, working on my paintings. Mm-hmm. You know, you paint. Yeah, you did those. Yeah. <gasps> wow, that's really so, good. Thank you. I did. I do it just to relax. I. I don't. I didn't take any classes. That's not mine. Okay. That's not mine. <laughs> I bought that. Um, so yeah. Because hours will go by and I won't even realize it. It's just very therapeutic for me. Some of those are better than others, but they're really good. Thank you. Ruth is an artist. So that's that answer. (laughs) Favorite podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? I do. I don't because I don't drive. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I wish I had that drive time to just focus. Um, But I do listen. I listen to Heritage's podcast. I like those. Cool. How long have you been a hairdresser? 34 years. In one word, how would you describe the hair industry? Big. What's your favorite color? Orange. What's your favorite treasure, something you always keep with you? My mother's ring. It's always on my hand. Is that it? Mm-hmm. It's pretty. My, it's my engagement, my engagement, her engagement ring. Favorite aroma? Uh, coriander oil from Kiehl's, and they stopped making it, which oh. pisses me off. But that's the fragrance I've worn for years, and mm-hmm. I have one left. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my favorite fragrance. Don't you hate that? Yeah. When something's so good, and then they stop making it. Yeah. It's like, why? It's like, why? Was I the only one buying it? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> favorite service to facilitate, and why? 
You mean like it behind a chair? Yeah, like in the salon. Um, cutting. Cutting. Mm-hmm. A certain kind of cutting. The way that I like to cut hair is, you know, a lot of it's done freehand, mm-hmm. dry, but with logic, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is my thing. It's like effortless looking hair, mm-hmm. you know. I love doing that kind of hair. Cool. Favorite food? A mac and cheese came up first. Yeah? In my head, yeah. When I'm not trying to lose weight. <laughs> so when I'm on the gaining weight side of the pendulum, it, you can tell it's been mac and cheese. <laughs> like out of the box or like some like couture mac and cheese? No, I like um, the way my mother used to make it. Mm. Um, so I... I don't always make it, though, but there's this one place that I order it from. Delivery. Delivery in New York is the best. Amazing. Anything you want, any time mm-hmm. of day. Most used mantra. What's something you constantly say to yourself to kind of get you past the stuck stuff? The serenity prayer. Mm. Do you know it? Is that... Um, God I can g- accept the things I cannot yeah. change. Yeah. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's a good one. Favorite word? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Can I say it? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so good for so many things. It is. You know, depending on your tone and the context. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those words that's like taboo and people are like, hey, it's a bad word. It's like the yeah. worst swear word, right? Yeah. When I was younger, it was like the worst one. Yeah. But if used properly. It's cute. And and not overused where yeah. it's like you just start to use it because you don't have a vocabulary. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty just saying it just now. Like now Why? I feel a little, I don't know. I don't want to be judged. Do you want me to say it too? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we say an we F say word on it. here. <laughs> <sighs> We're limitless hairdresser. We can do whatever we want. Well, they said it. They say it in all the '90s hip hop stuff. I it makes to. me. I feel a little tingly now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. What fascinates you? People. Mm-hmm. The way people think. What do you want to see change in the hair industry? I would, what I'd like to see change is people taking the time to learn the foundation. Because mm-hmm. there's so much going on that's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's into balayage, everyone's into whatever, you know. It's like, what's, what are you going to do when that's over, if that's all you do? So I'm a firm believer in go to, go take a class with Sharon Blaine. Go take, you know, do everything. Learn how to do everything because at some point in your career, you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. Even finger waves from beauty school. It's like, who the hell's ever going to do that? You know, and then there was a phase where I was doing that, mm-hmm. you know, and doing it at shows, at hair shows, photo shoots. Mm-hmm. You know, you just never know. I pulled out my hot rollers the other day to loan them to somebody, another hairdresser. Mm-hmm. It's in the closet and I never use them, <laughs> but I know how to yeah. if it happens. <laughs> so I think, you know, nothing is ever a waste mm-hmm. to learn how to do. 
And I think people, the newer generation that's coming up, that would be my advice, Mm -hmm. is you might be really good at what's happening right now, Mm -hmm. but what about when that's not happening anymore? Right. That's good. What is your message to your peers? Stay humble, focus on your craft, and help other people achieve their dreams. Favorite quote? I don't know. WTF? Is that a quote? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yes. Who is the most influential person in your career right now? Right now? Mm -hmm. My friend Rhonda. Mm. She's she's like the silent, you know, um, I don't know what... she is she pushes me more than anyone else in my career ever has um she believes in my creativity she knows she just knows me so well she does all my shoots and edits all my tutorials um she used to be a hairdresser so she knows what needs to be seen what needs to be said you know and she's just kind of always flown under the radar Mm -hmm. but she's amazing and she used to work for trevor sorby so she's she is so creative and so well-rounded and is self-taught in all of these digital things mm-hmm. that she's doing. Um, but she, she's my rock. She's who pushes me. She's most. awesome. Yeah. She's really sweet. Yeah. Who has been your most impactful mentor? Trevor Sorby. By far. I had a dream about him last night. Did you really? I did. After the shoot. <laughs> after your shoot was over. <laughs> and I and Trevor, come to me. No, and what happened was it was one of his apprentices from his salon in London. And she and I did a model together. <laughs> and he came over and he looked at it and he goes, I got to call it, tell him this. He goes to his apprentice, how do you feel about reteaching Ruth everything? <laughs> <laughs> And I go, I'm open. Let's Did you do feel it. that way because of flaps? It was the flaps that got me. The flaps that freaking flew away. You know what? I figured it out. It was the hairspray. Was it? I needed the super rock strong hairspray, the 32 by mm-hmm. Redkin, and I didn't have one that was strong enough mm. to spray on that hair and iron it on and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Because it stayed when I made it here. Yeah, I know. I saw it. It, worked. it was working. And then. It did not work yesterday Mm -mm. at all. No. In any way. Nope. But it was fine. So those went flying across the room along with the (laughs) wig that went with it. Yeah, there was stuff everywhere. It was really funny. (laughs) Boobs. Boobs is over here. Boobs was a failure. Bowie's over there. (laughs) Everybody's everywhere. (laughs) Okay, last one. Who else should we interview on here? Who do you think would be someone really great to, to have on? I think you should interview Rhonda Wagner. <gasps> yeah? Yeah. She's one of those people that has so much wisdom, and she's so quiet, you would never know it. So she's, you got to interview her. Okay. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Maybe next time I'm here. Yeah. Be, <laughs> be cool. like, come on over, Rhonda. Yeah. Does she live in New York? No, she lives in Florida. Florida. Yeah. But she comes Where it's here warm. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Ruth, for doing this today. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you. I'm honored to be able to do it. So much fun. 
it's awesome hanging out with you. And uh, any last words for the people? Don't forget to laugh at yourself. You know, it's mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, yesterday was a riot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look back, <laughs> it's just memes. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> funny. So, um, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy your days in this business because we really do get to. We have a cool thing that we get to do for a living. Yeah. Compared to a lot of people. That yeah, we're really lucky. We are. We got to keep it alive. Yeah. Keep it alive, people. That's right. All right. Thanks, Ruth. Thank Talk you. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye, people. <laughs>